With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Augusta, Georgia to compete for the coveted jacket. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of the action by giving you a shot to land on the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you a free shot at the $1 million top prize when you download and sign up using promo code THPN. If you haven't tried DraftKings, this is the time. It's easy to play. Pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, and submit your lineup before the tournament tees off early Thursday morning. Then sit back and follow the action. The more red numbers they have on the leaderboard, the closer you'll be to winning some green. Rack up points for pars, birdies, finishing position, and more. Even though you may not be able to hit the course with the pros, DraftKings has given you the chance to scratch your competitive itch and reign supreme. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at the $1 million top prize. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at the $1 million top prize. Only at DraftKings. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey everyone, welcome to the Bolts broadcast. My name is Mike Mitchelson, Chase Croshaw with me today. Chase, how you feeling? Uh, it's a Saturday, it is April finally, and Easter is tomorrow. So give me your overall feelings on how, oh, and I'm coming over tonight, which I'm pretty sure you're super excited about that. So how you feeling on this Saturday? Well, I'm feeling good at the moment because we're coming off of a win against the Detroit Red Wings, so can you know I feel bad for a win. But, you know, I'm going to feel kind of lackluster in, I don't know, what, three hours, two, two hours, or whenever when the hell Johnny gets there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whenever Johnny and Graham get here. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good overall. Looking forward to Easter. Uh, we normally, so we do this breakfast bake thing, like every pretty much holiday breakfast that we do, which is only Easter and Christmas. And it, I don't know like, exactly how to explain it, but it's just like this big, just it's full. It's like a crescent roll, top and bottom, full sausage, egg, and cheese. It's super good. So we're doing that tomorrow. Super excited. Cannot wait to eat it. Very nice. Uh, I'm having roast. So yeah, uh, yeah. You know, not as excited as you are for your food, but hey, nonetheless, gonna be with family. So very excited about that. Um, but yeah, Chase, tonight. We are going to be getting together, playing a little euchre. If you don't know what euchre is, I feel bad for you. Uh, it is it is a very Midwestern card game, isn't it? Oh, yeah, big time. But it's a great game. We're going to be talking some sports, and we've already started talking sports with Chris, who is going to be making an appearance on the WNP podcast, our football show, in a couple weeks. And I just, I love talking about sports. Like, 
especially debating sports, like right now we're talking about Travis Etienne, if anyone is aware of the upcoming NFL draft class. Um, He's one of the top running backs, and me and our buddy Chris, we're just debating back and forth on, you know, where Etienne should be ranked, what are some of his positives, what are some of his negatives, and just it's so much fun to just sit down and do research, and even more fun when that research is already done, just to sit down and know that you're confident and what you feel about the guy and being able to discuss that with other people who maybe haven't seen the same exact things. Like I've always loved debating and politics is um, intriguing because of the debate faction, but politics is so disgusting nowadays that I just don't even like paying attention to it. So sports, I get that debate and I also get to talk about something that I absolutely love. Yeah, this might be hard for the fans to believe, but the two guys that are hosting this podcast like talking about sports. Isn't that crazy? Chase, you don't like talking <laughs> about sports. You like getting schooled about oh, sports. Yeah? Oh, by yeah. By yours, yeah. truly. I, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, dude. Yeah, you're, you're, I forgot. You're so high and mighty, so smart, just the greatest person to ever bless this planet. You're damn right. Uh, well, Chase, we've got so some much. good stuff to talk about. Um, unfortunately, we missed a lot of NCAA signings. Um, oh, my God. Obviously, that's due to you and uh, <sighs> your lack of knowledge there. Um, but you want to finish the show by yourself. I'll, I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll go. How many times does this happen? I mean, I feel like we always talk about it. You know, we talk about something on the show and then literally two hours later, literally as we stopped recording Thursday's episode, I'm like, hey, Chase, we forgot Yan Kuznetsov. He goes, no, he didn't. I'm like, no, nah, he actually just signed like 30 seconds ago. And then sure enough, so many players get signed. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. Um, before we hop into that, uh, we're going to be talking about Fox Sports. Uh, also going to be looking at our past three games and then going to be looking at our next couple of games. It's going to be exciting. And then we're going to finish it off with um, a little little talk about waivers and why we see good players on waivers go unclaimed, uh, kind of baffling, but we'll hop into that a little bit later on. Chase, we'll talk about Fox Sports first. Um, I've known about this for a little bit because of my sports management class, but Fox Sports no longer going to be named Fox Sports coming up very soon here. Yeah, well, it actually just officially took place a day or two ago. So like, I, I think... Okay. If I'm not mistaken, I think this was the first, uh, like today's game was the first game broadcasted on the new, I think it's pronounced Bali Sports Network, Bali, whatever that, whatever the hell it is, or, you know, Bali Sports Sun. Uh, so, um, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, today was the first game. Maybe Thursday's game was. I, I really don't remember. But regardless, it, yeah, it, it's taken over now. Um, I, I don't I don't really know the exact reasoning behind this. I just knew the change was coming, and I kind of came out of nowhere. I remember seeing it for the first time like a week ago. I'm like, oh, okay, that's random, but all right. Yeah, I think it was some type of sale up top. I mean, everything comes down to buying and selling, right? Yeah. Um, it's it's always a marketplace out there. And uh, so this happens, and I'm not really sure how I feel about it because obviously growing up, Fox Sports, Bali Sports, that uh, sounds obviously different because we haven't heard it before. But uh, going to be something I'm definitely going to have to get used to, especially because here in Detroit, it's FS1. So now is it going to be BS1? Like bullshit one or like what's what's happening there? You know, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know about that one. <laughs> so, uh, well, we'll have to 
see how everything works. I, I wonder if, you know, production is going to be having a big increase on uh, Bali sports and, you know, interested to see what happens with this new branding, but um, we'll just have to wait to see what happens with all that. Chase, we'll hop into game reviews now. Um, the first game to talk about the first game against the Columbus Blue Jackets in our two-game series because we did record on Tuesday before this game was actually played. Well, this one resulted in a defeat, and I don't know about you, but this was our third straight loss. It felt like it was a lot more than three losses, even though it wasn't. I, I think it's just, you know, timing, watching the games, you're like, gosh, this is another loss. It it feels like it mounted up to more than three losses, but luckily that's all it was. Yeah, I mean, it just feels like more because we're so used to watching this team win. So when, yep. when, when you're winning nonstop and you drop a couple in a row, you kind of, you know, raise some flags. Like, oh, okay, this is an issue. But really, at the end of the day, it's it's not an issue. It, this happens. It, it's no team can be just dominant every night in, night out. They're going to have lapses and they're going to go on kind of cold stretches. And it's kind of what happened. I mean, really, it was a game that like Tampa, they kind of controlled. It just was a matter of Columbus being able to squeak them in when they needed to, really. Uh, you can tell by all the underlying numbers that it was Tampa's game. McElhinney, he played all right, could have played a little better, uh, didn't face too much action, but regardless, still only letting in two goals, it, that's still not bad. You, you expect a team like Tampa to be able to supply more offense, but I mean, like, Merzlikin just, you just shut the net, really. You couldn't get in, you couldn't get the puck behind him at all. Yeah, and that's one thing we talked about when previewing this series. We were talking about Corpusalo and Merz Lickens and how they were very good last year. However, this year they started off a little slow. Um, Merz Lickens, he's gotten less games, but he seemed to do better than Corpusalo. Uh, they bring him in against us in our first game in our two-game series, and he shut the door completely, like you mentioned. A 9-7-4 save percentage, only letting in one goal on 38 shots. Uh, absolutely phenomenal play by him. Um, and like Jay said, it was a controlling game for us. It's just the goaltending is what stood our, our two teams apart, you know. McElhinney was letting up a couple, whereas Merzlikens, he shut the door completely. But the, the game afterwards, the game on Thursday... Uh, a different case as our Tampa Bay Lightning actually took the win, three goals to two. Uh, yeah, uh, def- definitely a better effort this game around. Um, it, it was it was a closer game. Like Columbus was was in it a bit more, but we were able to find the back of the net and you know kind of get that lead. It was another game where you, you got more star production. Like the only goal scorer in the previous game was Matthew Joseph, who has been playing well this year. You know that was his tenth goal of the season. But you know now Braden Point, he was able to put two in. Ross Colton got his third of the year. Uh, it, it was it was a nice game. It was a game that you'd expect, um, or like it was what you would want to expect, I should say, from our star players. Where Point played well, Vasilevsky played well, um, and, and you know that's kind of what this team needs to just get going on the stretch. Make sure your your top guys they're staying on, and then the depth is supplying the help when needed. So Chase, let me ask you a question because I think we've seen this quite often this year. Uh, why is it that our Tampa Bay Lightning play better in front of McElhinney? Like when we when you watch the games and when you look at time of possession and shots on goal, when McElhinney's in net, the team is much more dominant. Whereas when Vasilevsky's in net, uh, it's usually a little bit of a closer game, but Vasilevsky's the one that's, you know, shutting the door. He's being the best goalie in the world. So why is it that the Lightning are doing this? Uh, I, I feel like that's just a, a recipe for disaster once you hit playoffs. So this is a very real thing that all hockey teams at all levels do. When you have two goalies and there's a clear talent disparity, you you play a lot looser in front of the one that's got more talent. 
Vasilevsky's going to be able to bail you out every single night. It's just the truth. He's going to make the big saves when needed. Uh, if you slip up defensively, uh, he's he's going to be there to correct what he's got to do. So you can you know play a little looser defensively. You don't have to necessarily be balls to the ball every shift offensively. You know driving in the corners, getting every uh, puck on net. Whereas Michelini, he's a guy. He's gonna you know he's gonna let in a couple goals. It's it's going to be rare that he's going to you know stop every puck coming at him. He's so he's bound to let in a couple goals. So you got to make sure you're outscoring the opposition. Uh, whereas you know as I just mentioned with Vasilevsky, when he shuts the door, all he needs is one goal and you're good. So it's really just like yeah, about having that kind of comfortability and relaxedness, if that's not really a word, but that's, I guess, the word I'm going to use anyway, uh, playing in front of the better goalie. Gotcha. And we'll see if that continues to be the case, as I assume McElhinney will play the game on Sunday, as it is a back-to-back. Um, we'll look at the Red Wings game now, Chase. This game happened just earlier today. We were able to take it in a 2-1 to fashion. Um, team looked pretty good overall. I, I was worried, and I talked about it on Thursday's episode. I was worried that the team might come out a little slow because it is a afternoon game. It's not a night game. So whoever's up early, whoever's getting their stretches in first. That's probably the team that is going to come out more energetic and just be the better team. Uh, wasn't the case this time as our Tampa Bay Lightning were in fact able to beat the Red Wings. Yeah, Ross Colton, brain point, you know, the two goal scores in the previous game. He had again the goal scores from this game. Um, it, it was it was a nice effort. Vasilevsky played really well. Um, you know, I still felt like that our, our team still could have played a bit better. Uh, 29 shots on that is, you know, great and all. But Detroit with uh, Thomas Grice in that is not a very good hockey team. Grice is truly been horrible this year, and he's a goalie that you got to you know try to exploit and take advantage of. Hopefully, you know that's the case tomorrow. I don't think Bernie will be back yet. But like, yeah, with how bad Grice has been, you kind of expect a few more goals. Yeah, and the one thing that the Red Wings do have going for them is their faceoff percentage. And I just wanted to bring this up because Luke Lendening. He's been phenomenal on the faceoffs, and you're thinking that he could get a lot of interest going into the trade deadline because of how good he's been in the circle. Oh, a hundred percent, dude. And it's not even just like just the faceoffs. He he's a good defensive guy too. He is okay enough offensively where you, you don't feel horrible about throwing him on the ice. And he's good defensively, and he wins faceoffs. He blocks shots. He he kills penalties. He does what you need out of that bottom six roll guy, and he's cheap. Uh, so he's gonna command a lot. At the at the trade deadline, if the Red Wings choose to trade them, you know, we're only a couple days away from or not, not a couple days, but like just about a week and a half away from it now as of us recording. So we'll see kind of more, you know, as it gets the closer. But I really would be shocked if he's not traded. And, you know, his, his play isn't going unnoticed. I don't I, I think it was Eddie Olchek on uh, Chicago, like NBC Sports Chicago. He he released his uh, U.S. Olympic team for the upcoming Olympics on what he would do. And when Dunning was on that team, for I mean, first of all, it's asinine. That, that's that's not happening. That that <laughs> just would not happen. But regardless, it's it's showing you know that he's been a good defensive player and he, he's that faceoff guy and he's just someone who makes a little difference in the game and kind of helps like with puck control really. Absolutely. So another game against Detroit on Sunday. You guys already saw that. Uh, hopefully it was a good game that left a happy feeling for your Easter. Uh, but our next two games against Columbus get again. This time they are in Columbus. Uh, Chase, what do you expect? Is there any differences in this series compared to the last series? Obviously, we just played them recently. Do you think we see Corpusalo at all this series? As last series, we played Mars Lickens twice. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I I feel like we're gonna see one and one. I just I don't know what Columbus schedule is this weekend, but 
I, I don't know. I just got a feeling that it's going to be one-on-one just from guys getting um, tired and worn down. So hopefully we can take advantage of both goalies while they're in the, uh, in the net. And I think it shouldn't be an issue. I, we obviously thought we were gonna, they were going to take that series 2-0 last time, but I really think that they're going to take it 2-0 this time. You know, they're coming off a Detroit win uh, and then the Columbus win prior to as well, and they're playing one more Detroit game, which we're going to assume that they win. It'd be kind of shocking if they didn't. So with that momentum going, they should be able to get things going again. Yeah, absolutely. And Cap Friendly, um, one of their affiliate Twitter accounts, they posted something today that I wanted to kind of read off and get your thoughts about. So since that big trade, since the big blockbuster with Dubois, Line, Roslovic, um, Roslovic has played in 31 games for the Blue Jackets and has 22 points. Line has played in 28 with 14 points. Dubois, 23 games with 14 points. However, Roslovic, a healthy scratch in tonight's game. Uh, what's that all about? Yeah, I don't. I don't really know what goes on in Columbus. Like, I, I got, I got to look into that more because I really have no idea. It's just that's it's funky town over there. I like Tortorella, but I've been questioning a lot of the shit that he's been pulling this year, trying to make Line into a player that he's not. No, just use him for what he is, uh, and calling out like veteran players, making veteran players retire, like Mikko Koivu, or scratching someone like Jack Roslovic. Like, there's just no need. Like the, these are these are key players to your team. You need them in the lineup every night. You need them playing big minutes. Uh, if a guy like Line isn't playing big minutes, if he's not getting in his flow, he's not going to provide offensively. So if you just play him 14 minutes a night, yeah, he's going to get a, a point every other game. But if you play him more, he could be a borderline point per game guy and a perennial goal scorer in this league, dude. Absolutely. And if Roslovic and Line, if perhaps they do the wrong thing on a certain day. Maybe they're not going to be facing us when we have our two games against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Maybe Tortorella just doesn't have the trust and is going to healthy scratch them as well. So we'll see what the case is as we head on into the games, but something to definitely look out for because you never really know who's going to be scratched with Tortorella as the head coach. But Chase, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. After the commercial break, we're going to be talking about some of those NCAA signings that we missed. And there's some big ones, that's for sure. Uh, And then we also got to talk about the whole waiver debacle that we're seeing right after this. HF Boards is the internet's largest and longest-running community for discussion surrounding ice hockey, including coverage of the NHL, college teams, and anywhere else the sport is played globally. Join in nearly half a million active conversations happening now on HF Boards. All right, and we are back from the commercial break, Chase. Um, a lot of names that we missed, that's for sure. And some very big names as well. One of the headliners, a guy that you and I have a lot of faith in, Spencer Knight, who signed with the Florida Panthers. Um, That's going to be a player we dive a little bit deeper into coming up. But, Chase, why don't you run through the names really quickly, and then we'll talk about some of these guys specifically. Alrighty, so I'll start with the name of the player and the team they signed with, and I'm just going to roll through because there's quite a bit, bit of names worth mentioning. So we'll start with Yan Kuznetsov signed with the Calgary Flames. Then next we move on to Layton Ahat. I still don't know how to say this guy's name. I need to learn how to. Regardless, he's a third-round pick uh, of the Vegas Golden Knights out of Ohio State signed there. Uh, then we got Matthew Boldy from Boston College signed with Minnesota. Of course, Spencer Knight, of course, Boston College signed with Florida. Jordan Kawaguchi, University of North Dakota, the probably the most coveted college free agent this season, signed with the Dallas Stars. Alex Newhook from Boston College signs with the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Cam York, the University of Michigan, signs uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. Jacob Bernard Docker from University of North Dakota, signs with the Senators. 
Matt Kearsed from North Dakota as well signs with the Panthers. Shane Pinto from North Dakota as well signs with the Senators. And then our final North Dakota signing, Adam Scheel signs the Dallas Stars. And then uh, Scott Reedy from the University of Minnesota signs with the San Jose Sharks. And to top it all off, Odin Tufto from Quinnipiac University signs with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, Jason, let's start with Tufto, obviously being a Lightning prospect. Uh, Not the biggest name, but nonetheless, a name we should talk about as... He's coming over to Tampa. What are we going to see from him? Uh, I would assume that he's going to be a Syracuse player, but how far out until we might be able to see this guy up in the big leagues? Yeah, this is a nice signing. He's a dude that I you know I was really monitoring this college hockey season, trying to figure out where he's going to sign, hoping that you know Tampa maybe get in on that action. Uh, you know he's older; he's twenty four. Uh, so that's some people say that might be a little bit wary, but he's just been a solid producer his whole college career. I mean, he's been a point per game every single season. He is a uh, he was a Hobie Baker finalist in the, in the top ten, not in the final three. But regardless, uh, yeah, he had a hell of a season, scoring forty seven points with eight goals, thirty nine assists, or twenty nine games. Smaller dude at five seven one seventy four. He's gonna start in Syracuse. His contract doesn't even kick in until next season, if I'm not mistaken. Actually, his entry level, so uh, won't even really see, have a chance to see him in Tampa this year. But he's gonna probably play in Syracuse this year. Uh, you know, maybe fight for a roster spot next year, but with Tampa's roster, the way it is, it's got some depth. He'll probably end up in Syracuse again and then try to look for a call up next year. All right. Sounds good. Well, Chase, let's move to some of the bigger names. Uh, we started the segment off talking Spencer Knight. Uh, got to talk about him as he was, uh, what a 13th overall pick. Is that right? Yes, sir. And it was to little brother, the Florida Panthers, uh, one of the most talented prospects um, in the goalie position that we've seen in quite some time, uh, really since Carey Price. Um, so what should we expect from him with Bobrovsky continuing to play poorly? Is there a chance we're going to be able to see this guy? I'd be shocked if we don't see him at some point in the season. Uh, just like may- maybe a game or two. I can't imagine much more, though. He's uh, practicing with the team or as soon as he can, he's practicing with the team. He's on the taxi squad right now. So we, we should see him, you know, maybe getting some action. If not next year, there's no reason he shouldn't be a full-time player. He he probably is honestly the best goalie in that room right now. I, I would say he's worthy of being their starting goaltender. You know, Chris Drager and then um, Sergey Borowski are obviously the two guys right now. Bob is struggling where Chris, you know, he's playing pretty well. I, I can't imagine that they end up re-signing him, so they'll just leave Spencer Knight, Sergey Bobrovsky. Maybe they try to figure out a way to get a team to take Bobrovsky off their hands. Maybe they say, hey, Seattle, you take Bobrovsky from us, we'll give you a draft pick too, just to get this cap off our books because they need it badly. And, I mean, honestly, Seattle could use a, a, a decent name like that because I still think Bob has some ability in him, but you got Spencer Knight. You don't need Sergey Bobrovsky to that contract. It made no sense when they signed him to that contract in the first place. Yeah, absolutely, and... Chase, I I think we have to talk about it because we've seen rookie goaltenders come into the league and make very big impacts, uh, not only for their team in the regular season, but also in the playoffs. Think of Cam Ward, think of Matt Murray, uh, Andre Vasilevsky. He had a lot of success with the Tampa Bay Lightning, but the two prior names I mentioned, winning Stanley Cups, um, would Spencer Knight be able to come in and help this Florida Panther team in a similar fashion to the names I just mentioned. Maybe. I mean, because when he gets hot, like he can be pretty much unbeatable. And when, even when he's not hot and he's average, it's it's like not average, but average for him. It's kind of like Vasilevsky where he's still going to be a top end goalie and you're still going to have a hard time beating him. But if he gets hot, he is unbeatable. 
So if he finds that groove and he gets that opportunity, he really could easily take the starting job and then ride for it into the playoffs. I can't imagine this roster being ready to win a Stanley Cup, though, even with Knight like backstopping them. Unless he has a J.S. Jaguar kind of level performance, I, I don't know if that's quite going to happen. Definitely a name to keep an eye on. Well, Chase, I want to talk about Matt Boldy next. Um, this is a guy that was tremendous in World Juniors. He was a kid that missed World Juniors the year prior. However, this year uh, he did make World Juniors and was phenomenal. A player that I constantly noticed while he was out there on the ice. Uh, I even tweeted that out from my personal account and Matthew Boldy's mom uh, was a very lovely lady and decided to give it in a like on Twitter. So very appreciative for that. Um, but yeah, this is a kid that's going to be coming into Minnesota and a kid that hopefully we're going to be able to see very soon here and see what he can bring to this team. Uh, Minnesota, a team that a couple years back, I would rather watch paint dry than them where now they bring in Kirill Kaprizov. Um, they brought in Kevin Fiala. What was it last year or two years ago? Matthew Boldy coming in a team definitely to look out for. Yeah, dude, they're becoming exciting. Um, there, there should be a pretty fun team to watch here going forward. Another name you didn't mention, Alexander Kavanov. I'm a big fan of him. I think he can be a legitimate top six center playmaker, maybe even a number one type guy, but Matthew Boldy, he, you know, he, he didn't make that uh, world junior team last year, kind of for a reason. He played really bad to start off his freshman career, uh, like his freshman, or geez, to start off his college career as a freshman at Boston College, but he really turned it on heavy in the second half of the season, and he just never stopped rolling. He dominated the second half of the season, dominated college hockey this year, went to World Juniors, played extremely well, and he's kind of looking like, you know, he got a Ma- uh, Miko Ranton in comparison to the draft from whoever it was, and he's starting to become more and more of that player. I didn't see it at first. You know, I, I, I liked him as a player, thought he had some talent, but didn't know quite what the ceiling was. But the way he's kind of shined the last year and a half, it, it's really opened my eyes a little bit. Uh, I'm really excited to see what he can do with uh, Minnesota going forward. Yeah, absolutely. It should be really exciting. Well, Chase, we're not going to hop into all of these guys, but how about we talk about two guys that you're really excited to look for uh, as they come up to the NHL and maybe get their opportunity here soon? All right, so I'll start with Jordan Kawaguchi. I mentioned he was the top, uh, probably the top free agent in college hockey this year. He had a lot of offers last year, chose to come back to North Dakota, try to win a national championship. Obviously, didn't work out for them. They are eliminated, but he's just been one of the best players in college hockey the last two, three years. He's been really impressive. He's going to start with Texas uh, in the American Hockey League since he signed with Dallas, but next season, I think he's going to be a full-time NHLer. A lot of these college free agents, they don't work out that well. I think Jordan Kawaguchi really has a chance to actually work out, though. I like the way he plays the game. You know, he's a smaller dude at 5'9 and 185. But he's not, he's not like fearless. He'll go in the corners. He'll hit. He'll do what he has to do to try to help his team win. He's just a true team guy. He's a leader, and he can score as well. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I worry about with all of these, uh, you know, undrafted college signings because you look back a couple of years ago, we saw Jimmy VC. He gets signed, and this was the guy. You know, this was the undrafted college – or he wasn't undrafted, I should say, but he wasn't going to be signing with Nashville, I think it was. Um, so he was going to be on the market. He was this top college kid that was going to be available to every team. It was the VC sweepstakes. Eventually, New York lands them, and – we didn't really see all that much. I, I kind of expected a little bit more. Maybe it was just the hype, and he got overhyped to the point where uh, when he did play, it didn't look all that great. But something definitely worrying 
when it comes to prospects coming out that aren't already highly touted prospects. Yeah. And before we move on to the next dude, I, I really want to ride off of that. Jimmy VC should not have gotten the hype that he did as a free agent. He was a really good player. Don't get me wrong. It was clear he has NHL talent, had NHL talent, and still does. And he's been an NHL player since then. But that year, he won the Hobie Baker when he scored like 25 less points than Kyle Connor did. Kyle Connor, true freshman, 71 points, didn't win the Hobie Baker. They gave it to the senior instead, which is absolute horseshit. It just it doesn't surprise me, though. It's something that the NCAA does. You know, they value the experience and stuff instead even though there was a player who was an 18-year-old who dominated, where VC was just pretty good. So I don't know why he had so much love and hype, because he's a good player, but he was never going to be like a 60-point scorer in the NHL. He always seemed like a guy who was middle six, you know, maybe he can get you 40 points, score some goals here too, and kind of help out where you need him to, but he can never have a high-end game. Yeah, absolutely. And Kyle Connor, um, obviously, we've got a little bit of a soft spot for him as he grew up in this area, and even went to the same middle school as us, but uh, nonetheless, continue, Chase. Yeah, um, and he's an absolute superstar in the NHL now. But moving on uh, to the Ottawa Senators, they had you know a couple signings worth mentioning, but the one guy I do want to talk about is Shane Pinto because I started seeing a lot of stuff, people trying to claim that he is a better prospect than Cole Caulfield and he's blah, 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 this, that, whatever. It doesn't matter. Cole Caulfield's winning the Hobie Baker because Shane Pinto is the better player anyway. No. No, it's just, just not true. Shane Pinto is a very good hockey player. He has really developed well. He plays a really nice game. He's not um, necessarily just an absolute pure just scorer, but he has legit scoring ability and he plays an all around game. He's got great size at 6'3", 194, plays the middle of the ice really well. He could play middle uh, center or wing and you, you'll ha- be happy with whatever production he gives you there. But Cole Caulfield is just a completely different player and is a lot more of an offensive threat. So saying Shane Pinto is a better prospect is just asinine to me. Regardless, we're going to see Shane Pinto probably play with the Senators this year. Um, I don't know if what their plan is right now, if they're going to taxi squad him or what they're going to do, but he should get some time on that team because obviously they're not that great. Gotcha. So the reason you wanted to bring up Shane Pinto was to trash him and say that Caulfield is a better prospect. No, I want to point out that like people <laughs> trying to say that Shane Pinto was just a clear better prospect and one of the best prospects, if not the best prospect outside the NHL right now. Like that's just it's just not true. I saw so much of that over Twitter over the last month and a half, two months, it's, and it's just flat out not true. I don't know who you're following, but I haven't seen that. But uh, I, I think they deserve some blocks, some some Twitter bans. Where's Twitter at? Um, because obviously not true. But Chase, let's talk about waivers. And we talked about Shane Gossespierre. He went to waivers. We talked about maybe this is a guy where teams look to actually pick him up off of waivers, bring him in. He's struggled with Philly. Get him out of Philly and try to bring him back up to pace to where he was at his first three, four years of his career. Not the case. No one claimed him. And it seems like no one's getting claimed on waivers whatsoever. So why is this? Why are GMs not interested in picking up guys? You know, it's real. it really is puzzling because you can see a guy like Osprey and be like, all right, we can't claim him because we don't have the cap space. Sure, that's fine and dandy. I understand that. Same thing with Nikita Gusev. He's someone who's probably worthy of, of being claimed. He should be an NHL player, but he went unclaimed as well. But then you get the guy like Evgeny Svechikov for the Red Wings, who's been playing pretty well since he's been called up. He's been one of their better players, especially analytically, but they put him on waivers the other day. To try to say that you don't have the cap for him just is not true because he's making under a million dollars. He's on a two-way deal. Any team can claim that, no problem, but yet he goes unclaimed. 
it's really feeling more and more like the waiver system is exactly what the qualifying tender offer system is like the RFA system where you got these guys, uh, you, you, you give them a, a qualifying offer and they're an RFA and any team can technically offer them, but they can get matched with the NHL team. But other teams are too afraid to do it because they don't want to upset their colleagues. Cause really at the end of the day, like NHL general managers are coworkers because they all work for the NHL. They work for these specific teams, but think of these teams as departments that all work under the NHL because it really is what like how it works. So they don't want to you know upset their coworkers. They want to keep these good relationships. So when they have further trade talks down the road, that they're not trying to you know just jip them or like really manipulate them, whatever it is. So it's really feeling more and more like waivers is becoming like that, and I think that's such garbage, absolute horseshit. I plan to be an NHL GM one day. I have my eyes set on that, and I'm locked in on that goal. When I'm an NHL general manager. I don't give a shit. If that's a good player and he's available to me and I got the space to take him, I'm taking him. Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I make an offer to to a qualified free agent if he's if we got the cap, if we got the picks to give up for him? Why the hell wouldn't I? I'm trying to make my team better. I'm trying to win. I don't give a shit about you or your job. I'm here to do better. So putting it in some simplistic terms, uh, the NHL has basically gone soft is what you're saying. Yes. And uh, for example, like Breezebois and Iserman obviously have had a long relationship. Breezebois doesn't want to claim a player like Svechnikov because it might make Stevie a little mad and maybe they won't go on their annual golfing trip. Something like that. Literally. Yeah. Like that is what it is. It, it'll ruin their friendships and it'll ruin trade talks. They try to argue. But I don't give a shit. At the end of the day, it's a business. At the end of the day, you need your team to win. You need to thrive. You got to keep your job. And that's just what it comes down to. And if you're not doing everything you can to keep your job, do you deserve your job? I really don't think so. No, and sports is the most competitive landscape in all of careers. So the fact that we're kind of dropping competitiveness for uh, buddy, buddy, I don't want to go to HR and um, talk about my problems with my friends. Like that's... That's uh, that's pretty sad there. I guess I guess they really shouldn't deserve a job if they're not going to be in it to compete at 100%. But, Chase, move on to Hockey Name of the Day as we are going to wrap up this episode. We are um, scrolling down and we've got Benedict. Oh, and those are two eyeballs over the U, so I'm not sure how to say that. You took uh, German. Ben- Come on. Benedict Bruckner. There you go. Well, that's so hard. Let's go, baby. I'm yeah, so Benedict Bruckner. What are, what are those two dots above the U called, Mike? Uh, is that the umlaut or is not the umlaut? That is the umlaut. Yes, it yes. is. So, yeah, our, our boy Benedict is a German defenseman currently playing in the DEL, which is the top German league. Just signed an extension there. Uh, not a special player. He's old. He's 31. He's not coming to the NHL. He had... Hasn't played internationally for German Germany since 2017, 2018. He's just kind of there chilling, you know, m- making a living, playing hockey in his home country. So good on him. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a name that uh, didn't give me too much trouble. And my German, um, what, my two years of German uh, finally paid off because I remembered that that is an umlau. Uh, I'm going to be honest, uh, a U over or an umlau over the U, I I didn't know uh, how it was pronounced, but I feel like the the ooh sound over the ah sound was much more realistic. So that's what I went with, and I was correct. There you go. All right, Chase. Well, that's going to do it for the episode. Uh, Why don't we let them know how to continue to stay up to date with us, and then we will head out of here.
All right, so as always, we want to thank you guys for listening. If you'd like to become a patron on Patreon, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, it's not required, but you can support not just us, but the whole network that way if you choose to do so. So if you check it out, that'd be great. If you want to follow us on Twitter, at Bolts Broadcast, that is at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter, at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. And while you're at it, follow WNP on Twitter, at WNP Sports Pod. That's WNP Sports Pod. Follow us at Bolts Broadcast. You'll get your hockey and Tampa Bay Lightning talk. Follow the Hockey Podcast Network. You can see what's going on around the network. See what's going on in other podcasts. Check out some giveaways. And follow WMP. You can really look out for our mainly football talk. That's really what we do nowadays on that show. Uh, but make sure to check out the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Find all the podcasts in the network right there. Boom. Click the logo. Listen. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. Wherever listening, rate us five stars. Send us your questions, comments, concerns. And please use code THPN when you sign up for DraftKings. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.